All right, welcome in everybody. This is Boston Roods back after a really, really, really long hiatus. I think it's been like more than a month since our last episode. Rudy, how you doing? I'm good, man. Good to see everyone. It's nice to finally be able to talk to everyone. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's it's really been a while. We've got a, a guest on for this week. Gina, how you doing? I'm dandy. I'm so good. How how are you guys? I'm just happy that NBA Twitter is back because it's been too long. There was like, I mean, the, the second all the news came out, like the details of this return plan, there were so many like memes and stuff going on and like it felt good to see that stuff again because it's been like, I didn't even notice how like dry it's been lately. Especially over like the last like month, two months now, as as like this pandemic has like gone on and on and on, uh, and there really hasn't been anything going on. So like everything that was there before, like NBA, Twitter, any of the talk, all of that was done. And especially after the last dance ended, so it was nice to see people out uh, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So that w- that was really nice, and it was nice seeing all these Woj bombs and Shams tweeting so often. Uh, and all these little, little things about this return plan that, like, I feel like we probably didn't think of before. But now that it's come become public, it's like, how exactly are people, are these players going to be living mm-hmm. while yeah, playing I, the season at the same time? I personally love that it's at Disney. I think that's, like, so, so poetic. It's just, like, so funny to me. And if they don't have characters sitting in the crowd socially distant from each other then that is a hundred percent missed opportunity uh like if goofy and uh donald aren't like there then they're missing out also wait okay did you see that this was a like a rumor i think so i don't know how truthful this is um but that they were going to use like 2k sounds for the crowd I think that's yeah. I I saw that too, and then I saw all the memes of like uh, because like in NBA Two K Twenty, it always goes to freaking David Aldridge on the sideline. Yeah. So it's like, are we gonna have that like little like that audio thing? Now we're gonna send it over to David Aldridge at the sideline, and it's like, oh no, not again, PTSD. I also side note, um, I so I recently got a switch whilst in quarantine. And there was a sale on NBA 2K for 20 bucks. And I was like, you know what? It's quarantine. Where else is this money going to go? And so I bought 2K for the Switch. Um, one, I'm horrible. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at it. Um, but uh, I don't know why I said one, because there's not a two. It's just that I'm bad at it. But I just thought I'd let you guys know, since we we're talking ball. Um, but I, think I actually... I also bought 2K20 for Switch. And oh, yeah. honestly, and because it was 20 bucks, otherwise I wouldn't have bought it. Not bad, but Switch 2K graphics sends it back 15 years. It looks terrible. It rough. looks terrible. Rough. But I, I am so bad at it that it does not matter. It could, <laughs> it could be like beautiful, and I still will travel every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I, and I did play as the Cavs, and um, it was really sad. It was really disappointing. 
thoughts and prayers yeah. to your uh, your 2K career. Yeah, I, I really need to work on it. <laughs> but anyways, I, I know you talked about like you, you brought up like having like Disney characters in the stands. I think it's actually really funny because like in I think the Korean Baseball League, they were putting like stuffed animals in the stands yeah, in one of the games. <laughs> I would love to see like a stuffed Mickey in the background of a game. Also, I kind of don't want them to do crowd noise. Yeah, me either. Because I, I want to hear, like, the ball and the screaming and everything. Like, I mean, I, I kind of wish Pau Gasol was still playing because it'd be funny to hear him, like, you know, that high-pitched yell mm-hmm. that he does when he's playing. I'd love to hear something like that. But I think it, it'll be more fun hearing, like, the players. Yeah. It's, like, the one opportunity to – I mean, it's going to be totally different anyway, but it's, like, the – it's such a unique thing to watch basketball, professional basketball without a crowd. So I'm like, I would rather just see what that's like. I don't need like fake, like robot noise for that. But, and I'm just spitballing here. Okay. What if like in the background at the Mickey resort, you just hear Mickey Mouse and like Goofy and Donald in the back. Like what if that's the sound effect? Like, LeBron yams one down. You just hear Mickey in the back, like, "Woohoo!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay. you, you hear Goofy just go, "Oh, gorge!" Oh, nice, a gorge. Honestly, <laughs> well, he really is the king. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely uh, an advocate for that. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I love. Or uh, what was it? He used to go. Uh, oh my gosh! What was it that he used to say before every Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? I have a. I had a young. My, obviously, you guys know Chris, so I would have to watch it growing up. But he would always go like, "Whoa, it's me, Mickey Mouse!" <laughs> and it was so funny. So, like, what if you hear that in the background of a game? <laughs> Honestly, I think yeah, I think they need to have them in the stands and. Like commentate a little bit. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> Every I wouldn't time, be surprised like... if they're at the trophy presentation. Like if Mickey and oh, yeah. like that's gonna happen. Yeah. That's a given. When I think of them now, I just go back to that Star Wars edit where it's like the episode three, the fight, except it's Donald Duck and Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I hear when I think of Mickey Mouse now. <laughs> I just hear that fight except with those two talking. Uh, but anyways um so other than like the on the court stuff there was all this this new information that we that we heard of and one of the things that i thought was just incredible is and this is an athletic tweet players will have the option to wear a proximity alarm that will notify a player if he spends more than five seconds within six feet of another person on campus who is also wearing an alarm that is incredible that is incredible that's crazy i didn't know that was a thing but i guess that makes sense i think they need to have cameras everywhere and be broadcasting 24 7 because i want to see all these little occurrences that happen like i want to watch i want to watch like Kawhi walk by lebron and they just stare each other down and then the alarm goes off like moment where it's locks on their eyes you know? <laughs> it's like every time 
It's like every time in iRobot when Will Smith is talking to a robot. <laughs> and he just gives him that death stare, except Kawhi's the robot LeBron is supposed to be. No, it'd be pretty pretty funny if... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and I was just going to say, like, this is, like, if... It just feels like it would be a reality show, this whole thing. Like, it's Big Brother. Like, it's just, like, let's put all these guys in a house and we'll have them vote each other out, basically, and... Like, it's just, I, yeah, I, I like, don't want to pry into their privacy, obviously, but I do just want to see what the interactions are like within the, um, within the grounds, I guess. ESPN is just setting this up to be a 30 for 30 in 10 years. Like, this, this is going to be bigger than a 30 for 30. This is going to be like, I feel like it's going to go last dance was revolutionary Kobe documentary is going to be even more revolutionary. Oh and then God. the the documentary they make off of the quarantine year, the corona season, is going to be so good. I can't wait to see it. Because it started, because this whole season before this was like China and the Rockets, and then it was Kobe dying, and then COVID, and then all of this and George Floyd and the protests like it's this is such a crazy season but I do think like the I do feel like they're gonna have like a last dance moment where it's like all the footage from the wild I don't know what the Disney name is for their sports complex but like all the footage that you never saw of them hanging out and walking in the hallways it's just like it's that that's gonna be (laughs) It'd be so funny if, like, 10 years down the line, like, they get footage of someone, like, anonymously making a call to snitch somebody out. You'd be like, <laughs> you know how, like, the screen goes black and they have the dramatic text? He goes, cameras encounter Kawhi Leonard on the phone with Adam Silver. And it's him going, hey, brother, uh, LeBron and AD are hanging out together. They can't play tomorrow. <laughs> and it comes to Adam like Silver, it. like, banning Let's- LeBron. Oh, let's oh be God. real. Let's let's be real. It'll be Chris Paul snitching on everybody else, or it'll be D'Angelo Russell, not even on the campus, calling to rat somebody out. <laughs> Make prank calls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. like, here's like another thing in in like the campus, like the hotel amenities is like a players only lounge with 2K TVs, gaming, then like pools, trails, barbers, and. I don't understand why it's in the tweet. This is a Shams tweet. Manicurist and pedicurist, which is like so random. I mean, hey, camping. But like, exactly, exactly. I mean, like, I saw another tweet that movie Disney is going to like show films that haven't been released yet. Yeah. Hey, what the hell? I'm like, what that? Like, come on. We're all suffering. All right. (laughs) That's not fair. We're all in the it's pandemic. Not. Release it for all of us. <laughs> we have to hang out at Disneyland for a couple months. Like, come on. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the players, like, one day, like, Disney opens up for them and only they can hang out. Like, that'd be the most preposterous thing ever. Oh, dude, that would be so fun, though. Could you I'd imagine? Be that would be awesome. But, They're like, awesome. Can they? real question. Can they fit in some of those rides? They're tall people and those are small that's a really good question like those, those space mountain rides that the space mountain seat is small yeah i can't i, I, I would have never thought i was 
I was gonna say I can't imagine Rudy Gobert fitting in one of those, but let's let's forget Rudy Gobert. Uh, but like, really, like a seven footer is not gonna fit in one of these Disney Disney uh, like one of these Disney rides. They can't, especially in those like the story time ones where you're just like floating. Like those are small. They're all small, but like Splash Mountain, they could probably fit in. That's even even like the the teacups. I don't think they could fit in the teacups. Those uh, seats are really like they're not very wide. Yeah. yeah, their legs would be all up in the spinny thing that you use. To but what if? And again, I'm just spitballing here. How great would it be if we got a video of like a duo, like let me say it again, a LeBron and AD with <laughs> Mickey hats on on It's a Small World. Oh, that's perfect. That's like, the only ride that I. <laughs> let's on. have that. That's just <laughs> really the only one that I care about. <laughs> I, so, I, want, I need to know that that song is stuck in LeBron's head for at least two hours after he was on the ride. He's in the middle of a game. So another thing uh, in this gives me nightmares. That, that Shams tweeted out, um, players can attend other games. Oh, which I also I think that's also really cool. That is cool, especially if it's like a pressure game too, like a clincher or something. Even if it's like you're playing that team next, like scouting them out, sitting in the stands, it would it would have like a real like like I, like a Big East tourney vibe where it's like everybody's sitting there and you see the other team out there watching. You see Doug Bruno with his clipboard, just like. Staring yeah. at, the, gonna, at the other Kawhi team. Leonard's going to be that guy that doesn't even like empty empty stadium, and he's just going to be in the Raptors like Batman, just like looking down at everyone like, like you're just going to be like, hmm, interesting game. <laughs> like, like, hey, Kawhi, take a seat. And you're like, no, I like being in the catwalk. Do you think here. that they'll have like banter in the stands if people are watching? Like, do you think they'll boo each other? There will definitely <laughs> be like a curse that like gets picked up. Yeah, do you think like when they're playing a game and someone's like shooting some free throws and like the players that are about to play next are like, boo, don't miss it. Ah. Man, you see, this is why it would have been good if KD was healthy. Because like, I think it'd be so funny if like Brooklyn's playing and like Westbrook is out in the stands booing KD. And they were like, snake. (laughs) Snake. Yeah. In, in all seriousness, though, like going back to the Shams tweet of us, like they're like trying to like promote all this like player safety, like they're going to be safe and stuff, like they're going to have activities, but like barbershops, nail salons, UK lounges, like these guys are going to be within six feet of each other, like on a regular daily basis. So like it almost increases the chances of them contracting the virus because they're going to be amongst each other all the time. But here's my thing. If they're all staying in the same complex and nobody's coming in with the virus, how does the virus enter? Because so I guess it's, have it's, to... it's being super careful with the other people who are coming in. Because in terms of the players, they can't leave. If they leave, they have to – I think it was another thing. I don't have that tweet here right now. But I think if you leave, you go into quarantine for 10 to 14 days. And you got to think they're going to have so many tests there. Like, I feel like you're, I feel like they're going to get tested every, you know, multiple times a day. 
yeah. after every game, before every – I mean, like, I feel like it's going to be, like, test, 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 test. Dude, go Bears are going to test every quarter. Uh, they, they should test him. They should have, like, a continuous test for Gobert. Um, so I, I think they can – I mean, you would think they're going to do whatever it, whatever it takes to, like, make sure nobody gets sick because, like, I feel like one person gets sick and you kind of have to shut everything down. Done. They would lose so much money. Not that, like, it's like, oh, no, they can't <laughs> lose no money, but, like, that would be just, like, insane an amount of money that they would lose. Another thing is, is like, I know the NHL, uh, they said that like, because of the schedule and how it's going to pan out, like the conference final and the Stanley cup final has a possibility of being in person at their home stadiums. So like if the virus gets better, like did they announce that maybe the finals could be played on home courts, like actual courts and not at a resort. Or is everything going to be played through and through at Disney? I think everything is going to be at Disney. I mean, I'm also saying this from the fact that, like, this virus isn't going anywhere. Not anytime soon. It's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, I I boo it too, but, like, (laughs) it's not going anywhere. So I feel like for sure, I'm like, I'm kind of like, what are they going to do for next season? Is it going to be all in Florida again? Yeah, that's what I didn't – because what was it? Like, they're going to start in December or something? Yeah, after Christmas. Yeah, that's but like, like – Go ahead, sorry. I don't know. Just give them some time. Like, I don't know. That seems so fast. I don't know. And the logistics of where they're going to do it – like, all of this depends on what Miss Rona's doing and what she's – where she's at and, like – status so it's just like we gotta wait and see what corona's doing but like i i think i just broke rudy <laughs> um but yeah no i think like it's just weird like i can't imagine sitting in on those meetings trying to figure this all out because it's like you want to keep like your business running of the nba but also you have like the world's biggest superstars ever playing for you so it's like if one of them gets sick, then it's like, oh, pack it up. Yeah. So that's like so yeah. stressful and scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, like it's with next oh, season sorry, starting go ahead, in go ahead. December. Sorry, um, with next season starting in December, is it going to be a condensed season? Are they going to try to keep it everything like every? Or like, are they going to like? Because then they have to contest with baseball, and then they're going to have to put up with all these other opponents. Because that's the thing about like that spring season is that like everyone is in the playoffs, but it kind of seems like towards the finals it's all kind of divided so like hockey has its week and then basketball has its two weeks and then baseball's back so like it's a very exciting time for sports but now with all the schedules being like messed up like how are they going to handle because like people don't really think about it but like those those slots in the middle of june are so so expensive because it's prime time everyone's home everyone's watching i mean i feel like i feel like the nba is going to get the most viewership regardless because I, I think it's just something that the nba does uh, unless of course when football starts and you have to you have to compete with football which is always i don't think nobody really i mean i think they set it up so that the game seven of the f- potential game seven of the finals wouldn't line up with a monday night football i'm just confused when they plan on getting back to normal normal you know what i mean 
Like, how is that going to work? If they're going to start in December or January and then do a whole 82 game season, like when did, what? I'm, uh, I'm confused. I don't get it. I guess they're, I guess like maybe they're going to do like a condensed season, maybe like 60, 60 games and then playoffs, like a lockout, like kind of like a lockout year. Like I guess kind of mirroring what they did in 2012 when they ended Derrick Rose's prime when he was 22 or 23 or whatever. Uh, But like maybe, maybe, maybe something like that where it's like, but I mean, obviously I would think they would do less games with the way people cry about load management now. Um, And then get back to normal in like fall of 2021. Wait, hold on. Let's rewind. Huh? You support load management? No, I not really. No, I don't. When you made the comment of like, oh, people cry about load management, I was like, hold on, <laughs> what? Wait, oh, so no, I've always you, been like, are you or are you not in favor of it? Me? I mean, I feel like it. I feel like it depends. Oh, I like I like that they've like lengthened the season, like starting a little bit earlier in October, so you don't have to play back to backs and all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I mean, I didn't really like when there'd be like a national TV game, and then Popovich would sit Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker, and you're just like, I was trying to watch a game. There's the game, but now I have <laughs> yeah. to watch Patty Mills <laughs> scoring thirty tonight, <laughs> and they lose by forty. <laughs> But yeah. anyways, anyways, to get back to the to the previous point, uh, uh, I will say this. Um, maybe it's just like the like me personally, but like I think that one of the biggest things that is gonna trouble the organ the the, the leagues really is the fact all these specialty events and stuff. Like, how much money are they gonna lose? Like. How much money are the Dodgers and the MLB going to lose in not having an all-star game this summer? How much money are they going to lose in, you know, like revenue and stuff and in not having, you know, something so big, which is essentially one of the big driving forces when it comes to like bringing people together and stuff. And like, for example, like in the NHL, the winter classic, like that's kind of out of the picture if you have a condensed season, because that period of time is the off season. So what are you going to do? That's like the marquee event for hockey. So like, they're going to have to figure out ways, like, do they push it back? Like the Super Bowl, you know, like they have like set years for every event. Like, do you push it back? And then it kind of messes with everything. So like, uh, you know, everyone obviously has their hands full. And like at this point, like it's not about, you know, trying to fix everything all at once, but rather just kind of damage control and and limit the hit that everyone's going to take. But like, it's kind of assuring that, they have certain things in place in case we can't go back to normalcy. Um, so as a sports fan, like I'm conflicted because I kind of want to be in the building when the Lakers win, but <laughs> I also want to see the Lakers win. Right. Mm-hmm. The boss just gave me the eyebrow. The eyebrow. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, these decisions are going to be, it's going to take, I mean, it's, 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 it's the decisions. It's going to be so hard to make them. I mean, like you see, like even like music festivals, like, I mean, I'm just going to take use this as an example, like riot fest supposed to happen in what in September, they moved it back to next year what and released like a, it's, it's just like some, some festival, like a Chicago festival. Um, 
So they moved back to next year and added more performers or whatever. But like, I know you can't really do that with like an all-star game. No. So like, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with all of that in the future. I'm I'm really happy that Chicago got their all-star game finally after like 25, 30 years. Well, the United Uh, Center has been the same damn building since like the 90s. So like... I mean, it's a relatively new. It's a relatively new building. It's no, obviously, it's no MSG, but it's still a. It's still a good arena. We went. I sat in the press box of Fred Mitchell, the man, and we were leaving the press box, and I felt like I was in the '80s. I asked my mom, like, "Is this really what the '90s look like?" And she was like, "Yeah, man, this looks horrible." And I was like, "This is a press box. Like, this is where like the VIPs sit." Not, they don't they don't seem very high in the vip in the united center they don't seem important yeah but you're I mean, still in the building that the greatest basketball player ever played in and, and won championships in so you know show some show some show some damn respect rudy boss i got dirt on you homie, <laughs> and i don't want to say it on camera but do it do it i don't oh 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 do it. <laughs> you want to, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Boston Howard Wallace said LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all time. There, I said it. My apartment. Hello. Super Bowl <laughs> In my defense, at the time, there were four LeBron fans and just me. And I kind of wanted you, oh, three, sorry, three. And I really just wanted y'all to shut the hell up <laughs> so we could move on. <laughs> Stop lying to yourself. And since then, I've watched like every Jordan title run because they've been showing all of that and the last dance. And it's kind of like, you know, it kind of helps you reaffirm who the greatest ever actually is. But anyways, we have gotten so sidetracked. We've gotten so when sidetracked. LeBron, when LeBron wins... <laughs> In loving memory of Kobe Bryant this summer, <clears throat> I'm going to have you on speed dial. <laughs> and I'm literally going to scream at you for an hour. Go for it. It's not going to happen. In your dreams, man, it's not going to happen. All right, everyone. This has been Boston Roots. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's can't get leave your own that. show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a little off track. He said some preposterous things. Anyways, I said truthful things, very truthful things. Anyways, so uh, I'm sure y'all saw the um, the hotel allocations for like which team, which teams are staying where. Okay, so there was it was another Shams tweet. So it's like the NBA teams, like where they're staying hotel wise, is based off seating. So like the first hotel is. Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat. Stay away from Rudy Gobert. The next one is uh, Thunder, 76ers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, and Magic. And then the last one is is Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, Wizards. So it's just completely based off seeding. So those reservations for those teams are only like a week because they're not going to be there very long. (laughs) They get the motel across the street. <laughs> that uh, second hotel sounds like there's like four fun people in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just feel like that would sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, 
Chris Paul Chris Paul is hilarious. I think that'd be pretty funny. But the Thunder and the Rockets are together, which is really funny. Have you guys seen? This is not super. It's basketball related, but it's not related to hotels. So I apologize. But have you seen the photo of Skinny? Jokic, Jokic. yes. It's scary. It's so scary. scary. He looks great. Dude, I feel like, look, I feel like this is, this is all going to start and they're going to do those last eight regular season games and he's just going to go ballistic. I feel like like he's going to be like triple doubles in half those games. He's going to dominate and everyone's going to be scared. It just like spooked me because he looks like Porzingis kind of. I was not expecting that. And I just have such an image of what he looks like. And then I saw that. Plus his resting face is like resting angry face kind of. And so I was I was like, oh my God. Uh, Billy, good for him. Great. I'm excited to see what he does uh, now that he's like skinny now. But I just, I saw the picture and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well. No, yeah. Um, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I like came out of nowhere. And like, I was like, where the hell was he? Like he was like in, in like – he wanted that picture to be taken. You know he was out about it. He had his best suit, like, fit. He was like, hope no one takes a picture of me. Uh, I look pretty good right now. This whole thing? It's an AAU game. Like, oh, these kids look pretty good, but I look better. Here's the one thing I have to say about it. He needs to stay indoors. <laughs> Nobody wants you getting corona right now. <laughs> uh, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> you were coming after. Even, like, I saw, like, what, like, a week and a half ago, I see this 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 thing. Oklahoma, Trey Young's playing like a pickup game. The gym is packed. I'm like, what the hell is this crap? Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all forget? Are not as bad as ours, <clears throat> huh? Some states are not as bad as ours. So like their restrictions, like we our gyms are open now here in California, and like I, I mean, like, but still, you'd think people would have some common sense about going into that big of a crowd. A bus. Americans with comments. Yes, never. Sorry, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> um, I should have. Yeah. I should have used my common sense before I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is like a little startling. Like to, it's weird to like be excited about basketball coming back with everything that's happening. Uh, that's been like a kind of like a a mind game that I've had to play with a little bit uh that kind of that kind of leads us on to like the whole Kyrie situation huh with like how he's handling everything and uh, how he's been uh, how do I say this politely um getting destroyed on social media (laughs) yeah Um, and and before sorry before you really get into it I want to say like that whole like the thing about him trying to make his own league that's been refuted now. It's like, we don't really know if that's true. Because it was reported that he said in this group chat that he wanted to create a new league, create, like, that he had aired the idea of creating a new league or some. I don't I have no idea what the hell it's about. But then uh, Taylor Rooks tweeted that people who are in the group chat or one of her sources said that that's not true. It's like, he got a lot of heat for that comment, even though who knows if he actually said it. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just, like, said it and, like, you know, he was just throwing it out there. Because, like, you know, that's the thing about text is – ooh, hold on. Text messages. 
is that like, uh, you know, you don't have like that human interaction part of it. So like you might read something and take it out of context. Like I might say like, let's start a league, LOL. And everyone's going to be like, oh, he's serious. But like, he's not serious. True. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, everyone takes what Kyrie says and then just like, ah, he's crazy. Like people just like take anything he says, he could say a straight fact. He could say it's sunny outside and it is actually <laughs> sunny outside. And people would be like, Kyrie's insane. Like people just love to like, I'm not saying that he's like, you know, like we should listen to everything he says, but like everyone like overreacts whenever Kyrie says anything. So like, yes, I, like did react to it and I was like what is even the point of that but like there is you know reason to like think about like oh maybe that was just him like throwing it out there or whatever but like people people really do love to make him crazy and and like people love to throw the tea you know what I mean like or spill the tea because like Apparently, it was a players-only group chat, so that means one of the players had to have said something about it and, like, leaked it out to, like, their agent, who then leaked it out to, what was it, Shams or whatever? Like, there's no more anonymity in the world anymore if, if you're anyone in ever. Like, it's... I feel like that happens with everything, though, now. There's always somebody who says something. But, like, I think, like, it's just unfortunate because I think he's trying to make a... He's making a good point. Right. But, you know, it's also coming from the guy who tried saying that the earth is flat. Right. So it's like, yeah, you're making a good point. You're making a good point. But, like, you have said stuff in the past that's, like, that you've you've made it seem like you were 100% serious. That is just so preposterous that it's hard for anyone to take you seriously. Yeah. And, like, the whole the whole Atkinson thing too doesn't help either. And, and the leaving LeBron part doesn't help either. Yeah. He's, he's like a, he's a tough, he's a, he's a tough like thing to understand tough person because it's like, I don't, I get uncomfortable when people are like, Oh, Kyrie has like mental problems and stuff like that. Cause like mm-hmm. nobody knows. You know? Yeah. Um, and like, that's not a bad thing and then but then it's also like he did say the earth is flat so it's like yoink and then there's (laughs) there's this which is also kind of whack but it comes from like a good sentiment so it's like what how do we react to this but then of course like twitter is like oh yeah let's turn that's let's make this situation that is solid 45 and then just crank it to 100 and make it insane so i was telling a boss you know the underlying message here is you know Kyrie has a point and and on the record you know he does make a valid point like right now basketball shouldn't be our main priority it should be the world around us and making sure that um you know we live up to the uh notion that our founding fathers said that all men are created equal and, you know, when we're in a, a country where that's not the case, you know, for, he's using his platform to speak on something that not, maybe not everyone will agree with. But that's also kind of the beauty of our country is that we can uh, absolutely rip on him on social media and not get in trouble for it. <laughs> so, um, 
I mean, like, yeah, he makes a great point. You know, maybe our focus should not be on these players. Maybe it should be on the the good progress that we've made as a as a country, uh, in 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 such a bad situation. But um, I was telling a boss, like, you flip the script and you make someone that's a prominent voice that's essentially perfect in everyone's eyes, like LeBron, and he says something like, maybe the players should start a league, like just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's preposterous, but you might think about it uh, that much more because of what LeBron means to society and, and, and the impact that he's made on certain people. So um, just the fact that it is Kyrie, just no one wants to take it seriously, but he makes a great point. So it's one of those conversations that like, eh, you don't really need to have it because maybe he was just, you know, speaking in hypotheticals, but um people just kind of are so quick to judge other people. And like, it's, that's a, that's a whole other conversation on its own. He did say the earth is flat. So <laughs> yoink. <laughs> that's way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it is an interesting point that you make of like, if LeBron had said it, how would we have reacted to it? Um, I guess my biggest question was like, even if LeBron would have said this, I would have been confused as to how that still doesn't take away from, like, the news and the movement and, like, you know, everything that's happening. I still don't, I still don't fully understand how that's a solution because you're still playing basketball, correct? Like, I don't – I guess I just don't really get it no matter, you know, whose mouth it would have come out of. But, yeah. All right. It's a, I feel like it's they still – thing go ahead Abbas. i mean like we're just random idiots just sitting around talking about it but like <laughs> i feel like they they hey, can man, still... hold on hold on time out wait real quick real quick Not i feel idiot. like they can still they can still like you know <laughs> be activists in their own way if they are playing i feel like because then everybody's seeing you if you're well, on I national really tv did. if you're on national tv everyone sees you i mean same thing with kaepernick no. it's like if he was doing that in like a closed room nobody sees anything or if he's just doing that on social media through his own account or doing that i mean he goes out for a protest or something but when you're on national tv everybody's gonna see it every outlet's gonna pick it up so i feel like they can make such a big statement by playing and still being activists but at the same time i'm not a player i'm just some random bum sitting in my freaking bedroom talking about it so like their perspective is completely different from from mine yeah yeah I thought about like how do I be excited about sports and even talk about sports you know like just in general um and like struggle with like uh, my attention is not going to the thing that should be talked about right now and that's something that like I've like thought about for a while now and now it's just like really intense um but I I I think there is a lot of power in um, being like what people expect you to be, which is an athlete and to play sports and then also go against that and speak out. And like, I, I had tweeted a couple weeks ago that at the time I didn't think that cap should like, I, I think cap deserves a job back in the NFL and all this stuff. But I was like, you know, I was thinking like, with the dynamics in the NFL that he would have more power out of it. But after like thinking about it, I since deleted the tweet because I don't agree with that anymore. And so I, I, I do think that there is a lot of power that players have. And I hope 
that if they do something that it's more than just they can wear a shirt that says I can't breathe or like because that's still like spreading a message and, and incredibly powerful but I hope that there's like something that they do or say or like I don't know share that goes a little further than that because I think like it's the perfect time to do so because um, everything is under a microscope so um, yeah I don't know yeah, and I feel like Gina, honestly, we kind of learned a little bit about that with with the podcast last week, mm-hmm. uh, just by talking to people who are in media, in, in sports media, people who are have been athletes, coaches, uh, where it's like how you can still stay focused on on the world of sports, but still continue to support the the overall movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like f- for us as like a college radio station, we don't have to stay active every day, obviously. But then it's like, I think we have to like, we, we, we can see what other people in the field are doing and still be aware of like, I mean, I think like as journalists, we always have that thing where it's like objectivity, but I think especially the last three, four weeks, we're kind of learning that I think journalistic objectivity is, I don't think it, it's a thing. I don't think it should be a thing because I feel like at at some point in time, you have to realize that not being active not actively you know trying to gain new knowledge and trying to understand uh i feel like you're you're just having a negative effect mm-hmm. on top of that if you're too I, neutral in, in in like a situation like this i find it incredibly frustrating that people um are so quick to judge people that speak out such as like lebron james and in particular his his whole shut up and dribble thing. Um, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, it's not a long time ago. This is, you know, you know, our folks are probably alive during some of these times, if not our grandparents, when uh, Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali, when they were, you know, standing up for their own civil rights, especially in Russell's case where he was in Boston, where it probably wasn't the most charming place to be an African-American at the time. So, um I feel like, you know, that really opened the door for athletes to kind of be that presence in society that can kind of serve as a medium between entertainment and real life issues. Because at the end of the day, we as the consumer are watching entertainment, you know, sports, we might not think of sports as like entertainment, like a movie or whatever, but that essentially that's what it is. Um, So for these players to come out and, and I praise all of them that have stepped out and I praise even more the ones that went out and stood with the African-American community and didn't publicly make a release that they were at these marches. They just did it because they felt like it was their human right to do so and not just do it for a camera like other people that are taking advantage of the situation to get a positive look. Um, now, obviously, that's not everyone, but you know, we'd be lying if we said that that wasn't the case with certain people. Um, so for these athletes to, you know, continuously be shut down by media saying that they shouldn't use their outlets to speak on these topics because they're athletes. Like I just find it ridiculous when these are the same people that are also praising Bill Russell and Ali for doing the same thing not too long ago. So it's like, what do you guys, what's the difference here? Like it's the same issue, just a different, you know, different people, different scenario, just because we live in an era where, African-Americans and other people of color are more accepted and have more rights, which is ridiculous on its own that it took so long. 
what is it any different if the same injustices are happening since all this time? So it's like, come on, guys, just be better. Yeah, plus it's like several of these players across, I mean, the NBA for sure, but um, across all professional sports, a lot of these athletes come from communities where, because people are like, oh, you're an athlete, like you have so much money, stick to what you're good at, whatever. Um, and I think that's like a crock, personally. I think that's like so such a cop-out to be like, I don't want to hear another person's politics because like a lot of these athletes come from backgrounds that have incredibly humble beginnings and like come from communities that are over-policed and have a lot of crime and poverty and experience the same stuff that we're talking about right now. It's just so happens that they got out of it and have a lot of money, but that doesn't erase their background. And it goes to back to Dion Orlovsky calling Damian Lillard privileged and, and you know, whatever he said, um, that he, like, didn't, you know, earn his money properly. I don't remember his exact words, but it was, like, egregious and, like, basically called him, like, he was, like, whining and, like, it's it's just another example of like a, a white man on his couch drinking a beer being like yelling at the tv for a certain person not getting enough points and then god forbid that same player says hey you know what black lives matter and they do sorry about it uh and that same person on the couch is like hey no, I'm here to watch sports. And it's like, okay, but these are real people and they're fighting for other people to live too. People that look like them, people that they knew, like that's the whole thing. And that's what makes sports so incredibly powerful is that it, it, they, sports and politics and social issues are not mutually exclusive. They never have been and they shouldn't be and they shouldn't be going forward. That's just how it is. That, that intersection is the most like real tangible thing that people consuming entertainment can have and to learn and, and to be better, but they don't because it makes them uncomfortable and they like, they are just fragile and they, they don't want to, you know, accept that they are part of the system. Yeah. And I mean, it put it so well. I mean, I think Fred Mitchell said the same thing. It's like in terms of like sports and the stories that need to be told, uh, he, he, he told me that like sports, the sports tournament was seen as like a toy department, but like these athletes have stories that people can relate to. And, and I think you can kind of, you kind of feel like uh, maybe like a, a way forward and some type of, some type of hope too, that like, you know, we, we all like, we all deal with these types of issues, but um, there's like hope that it can get better, I guess. Um, which I feel like we don't have enough of right now because it's like, I mean, there's so many, like all these issues, all these like hurdles to, to clear right now, just with the overall movement. I mean, like not just, you know, we say defund the police, not just that. I mean, like what you, you need, we want, we want education to be better in, 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 in these lower income communities. Why are they lower income? Because we've never invested in education properly in these communities. So like, how can you, how can you get to a better place if the education you're being offered is not consistent? I mean, like, just think about like Chicago right now. What was it like? I can't remember the exact number, but it was such a large number of students who weren't able to even check into their classes because they don't have access to a, 
to technology or the, or the internet. It's like, why is that something that should happen in, in, this t- in this nation? And it's not happening in white neighborhoods. It's not happening in affluent neighborhoods. It's happening, happening in minority neighborhoods. And I, I feel like I kind of, I'm just ram, just like rambling on and on right now. But um, now, I do brother, think that like sports, it's not like a distraction from these issues. It can be a good way to present these issues because there are people who have these stories who have gone through this. Uh, and I think even, even now it's like the duty of sports media, duty, our duty to like make people know these, that these stories are a thing. And then, like you said, you can't have that story and then say there shouldn't be politics in, in sports because I, I don't even see this as politics. This is just life. Mm-hmm. It's just life. It's just people trying to live their lives, but they have to deal with all this crap on the side that they didn't do anything to earn. They didn't. I mean, what did you do to have somebody racially profile you? You didn't right. do anything wrong. I will say this. I had this conversation with a, a family member yesterday, um, and I'm glad you brought up the example from Fred with the toy store because it kind of bleeds into what I'm about to say. Um, at the end of the day, for me personally, this movement that we're, that we're experiencing right now, our generation, uh, is, is for the next generation. And the next, the next you know, set of, african-american and other people of color that have to walk this earth and and be a part of society what we do now is not for now but it's to set us up so that in the future we don't have to deal with this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i tried telling that to a family member and i said you know you look at a 10 year old and you know these 10 year olds now they have social media like they have access to internet and stuff maybe not all of them but some of them do and do you really think they're going to follow CNN and Fox news and all these other outlets to get, you know, news like, no, they're going to follow these athletes. They're going to follow people that they actually want to consume and like people that like inspire them. And if, and if someone like, for example, uh, when, uh, who was it? Was it Damon Russ when they were, they were in Compton, they were uh, marching with people here in Los Angeles. If, if someone sees that if a young person sees that and is moved by that that's a step in the right direction that's a win you know what i mean like that's that's them seeing like you know what like if if my favorite athlete is willing to stand around with people because what we idolize these these athletes like they are larger than life you know what i mean i won't i hate to be that guy when i saw tiger woods in front of me i was like holy crap (laughs) holy crap and like then he made a statement i'm like yeah that's my goat right there that's my guy and I'm 19. So like if, if a 10 year old sees that, like, and they're moved by it and they're like, you know what? Yeah. I want to, I want to go out there and let my voice be heard. It's essentially setting up that next generation to help make our world a better place. And, you know, people just aren't willing to see that because they're so caught up in the past and they're so caught up in what life was like back in the seventies and eighties. I'm like, homie, this isn't the seventies and eighties anymore. We're not going to let you guys walk all over us anymore. You know, we have rights. We're, we are born equal. Like I said earlier, like we deserve every bit that you guys have, if not more, um, you know, if we can earn it and stuff. And, you know, it also kind of leads into the conversation we're probably going to have about the whole coaches and, and how the, how Stephen A uh, released that video of African-Americans being hired more. So um, there's a way to go about that. And the NFL's way that they proposed at me and Gina talked about this not too long ago, the way they went about it was, so bad and so horribly released and so terribly covered that even though they mean well they presented it in a way that's 
so offensive and so demeaning as if like, yeah, yeah, you could hire a black person and we'll give you a second round pick for it. It's like, yeah, sure. If I'm a GM, like, why would I not hire someone? It's like, no, you should be hiring them because of their skill and what they bring to your organization, not because you're going to get a draft pick out of it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you did a thing that you should do already and you get a sticker for it. And like, it's just like, uh, the dynamic in like the NFL is probably maybe the worst place for it of like dynamic between white owner and then like black athlete. Like that just has like a connotation that doesn't read super great. Um, and then for them to be like, woo, I just solved racism in our organization. I just someone give me uh someone give me a trophy i did it i just like it's i they they mean well sure um but there is a way to like there's a way to promote i mean they shouldn't even have to promote it it should just be like hey hire whoever's best and if that happens to be a black man or a woman or a person of color hire them like it shouldn't you know it but it, it we're at a point where they need some kind of incentive um, but it, it, you know, I don't know that there's a good incentive for that, uh, that a doesn't have a trophy, but like. I, I don't think there should be like, I mean, like you said, I don't think there should be an incentive to hire. I mean, like they did the, the I feel like it's just a continuation of the, the Rooney rule where you have to, you have to interview at least one minority and it's just like, I mean, like it, it's called the Rooney rule. I believe, I think it's called the Rooney I rule. I can't Rooney. remember what it's like, called. What? <laughs> I can't remember what it's called exactly, but I know there's a thing in the NFL that you have to like, you have to interview at least one minority uh, candidate. But like, yeah, it also, it's also just like, it's like, well, were you actually going to consider them or like, what, what's the issue here? And, and like, I think Rudy, you brought up Stephen A's video and he's like, in the video, he's kind of saying that like, you know, everybody's standing up right now and talking about this, but nobody was talking, nobody's been talking about this continuously. And like, I think he said, uh, what in like, a couple of years ago, it was like 14 of the coaches in the, in 2010, I think he said, 14 of the coaches in the NBA were African-Americans. Now it's only seven. And then like, he even brought up that like Fisdale, the only reason like to, for him to get hired in, in Memphis, it was because Wade and LeBron talked about how amazing he was since he was a assistant in Miami before. So like, I mean, you would, you would, I mean, seven really <laughs> like, I mean, look at the, look at the NFL one or Mike two Tomlin, right anthony 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 um uh in in um in san diego lou i believe uh and and tomlin i mean yeah i can't think of anyone else i think another another it. another big thing is is like maybe this is the depaul talking but like these jobs you know it's such a competitive market and stuff and it's such a it's such a hard position that, to get in the first place it's always about who you know, right? It's always about having that right connection to getting even interviewed for that position. And the thing is, is that when you have all these white owners and all these, you know, predominantly white front office members, like it, it's, it's a culture thing. You know what I mean? It's all about like the environment that your team has. Like if you have a front office that's comprised of a majority of a white person, the odds of, uh, of a coach being hired and you know, it's just at that much more. And um, I got to give credit to the Steelers. I got to give credit to how they handled the Mike Tomlin thing. 
they pretty much brought him in and they accepted him. And Pittsburgh is not an easy city to coach in, and he's made the most of his tenure there. Granted, bad, but like, like you know what I mean? It's he's he's a good example of someone that's earned his way there and someone that didn't need to let all these numbers scare him. He let his coaching speak for itself, even though it's on its kind of way out, but good job so yeah. far. Man. And, and I mean, you, you have to admit, you have to acknowledge that it's, it's a race thing. It's, it's not anything else. I mean, if you want to look there, there was a, there was a, an article by Roger Sherman for the ringer. I tweeted it out the other day. It's about like Colin Kaepernick, him going unsigned for so long. And then looking, he kind of looked at all these excuses that teams had at the time. And like, when you're done reading it, you're like, dude, it was never about how he was as a player. It was all about what he did, which was a Kaepernick. Oh, it was never about what he, who he was as a player. And it's like, you see all these excuses and it kind of takes you back. It's like, some of them were like, Oh, the system didn't fit, but it's like Kaepernick ran a West coast offense. This team has West coast offense. Uh, Like with, with Washington, it was like, you know, Alex Smith gets hurt and it's like, well, you're telling me the guy who was his backup in San Fran in a similar offense doesn't fit, yeah, but I mean, Mark Sanchez does? It's Washington. I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously. But I guess I guess I don't it's, really know. I don't one really example. Think that's the best destination for Kaepernick considering sure, the sure. name of the team. It's, it's one example out of a bunch of different ones. But I feel like, anyways, uh, that's another I, I think the NFL is just toxic in that way. Yeah, I mean but it's I mean, even though this is like a you know, this started as like an NBA discussion, um I mean it's like it's a it's a topic that transcends the NBA. It goes through all of them and like I said, the NFL's the worst. Like <laughs> there's two uh GMs of color and in the NFL so of course like all of you know like and I think more than half donate to Trump's campaign so like not to get uber political but like that's important to know I mean you can notice that Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones are really silent right now right I mean it's it's like everyone takes notice of who's not saying anything right now whoa and it it sends the wrong you're telling me a Boston based team is potentially (laughs) racist I could have told you that one dog come on you ever watch 30 for 30 the Lakers Celtics my god (laughs) my god I I was shocked I was like whoa whoa insane whoa I think uh, the the like I don't know I was I was talking with family about like how kneeling is gonna go this time around because it's not gonna it's not just gonna be him and everybody not, yeah it's gonna be everybody and Drew Brees is gonna do it watch yeah I was about my, to be, say that I was about my, to say that my dad said that it's it like I don't think my dad realized at the time how many people have already said that they're going to do it, which is a large number, including several high profile quarterbacks and players. So it's not just like Joe Schmoe's doing it. It's like everybody that is important has said they're going to do it. And so I think at the time he like, wasn't sure that it was going to be actual like people that like are going to get the intention. Um, But he was saying like, you know, I think it's going to, you know, 
people are just going to twist it and it's it's going to be counterintuitive and i was like no because it's going to be so many it's it's so many more people so many people have said a hundred days before the season even starts that they're going to kneel so like they can't back out of it now they have to and they should anyway um but i think like that's that's going to be really interesting to see how that goes because like if your team's quarterback is going to kneel with five other of your star players and you're the owner or the gm like you just have to shut your mouth or side with them like that's that's all i have like that's all i think about it but imagine Imagine still thinking that kneeling is disrespecting the American flag. Just imagine. Just imagine. Imagine being one of those people. Yeah. It hurts me. It hurts me, guys. Like The amount of, like, people coming back now and being like, oh, okay, now I realize that he wasn't, in fact, disrespecting the flag and veterans. Now, now it's clicking. I got it. I got it just now. And they're like, oh, I support him now. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, he still lost yeah. his job. It's like, and look. He's still dying. Like, it's like, cool, you got up to date. But, like, I mean, like, freaking Quaker Oats and Jemima, it took you 131 years to figure out that that wasn't a right and a good name. Like, I mean, we get it that now you're, like, a little sympathetic or whatever, but, like. Made some good maple syrup. But it's like, you know, it doesn't erase the fact that at the time I'm so sorry nothing at the time nothing <laughs> oh yeah I mean I, I get what you mean uh, oh, that yeah. was good Rudy <laughs> uh, it's pretty fire I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's um, uh, but like I don't know it's just one of those things where like sure like I'm glad you get it now I'm glad you know what I mean that's personal growth I believe in that you know I congratulate you for finally seeing the big picture here but you also have to kind of see the ramifications of it. Sure. Like, and I, I, I make this point with just about everything is you kind of have to take into consideration when everything was being said, you know what I mean? We can look back at these things with 2020 hindsight because we know how everything plays out and, and say, yeah, that was pretty dumb. But that's, that's the point of being a human is that we learn from our mistakes. And the thing that's the most upsetting to me is that we continue to make these mistakes and give it the attention it deserves, but then it just kind of dies off. But, you know, for, you know, this one just feels really different. And this one feels like it, it, it's really, really doing its job and it's not done yet. But the fact that we're still talking about it, you know, a month or two after, after uh, the incident occurred, it, it does show that we do care and that we are fed up with everything going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have one more little comment after we're done with this part. It has to do with the Red Sox. I need to say it on air just because it's the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. Go ever. for it. Just say it. Just say it. Boss, Gina, hold on. Hold on to your hats. Get this, guys. Boston Red Sox fans getting upset at their own franchise for acknowledging that they have racist fans <laughs> and being upset that their team released a statement about it. <laughs> it hurts me. It hurts me, guys. How just 
my hair's a mess. How just incredibly stupid people are. Just, ah, oh, shut up. Just log off your Twitter. I Good job, Red Sox. You did something right. Tory Hunter, I'm sorry you had to go through that, brother. Oh, the fans, just Boston, just t- separate. Go to another country. Be your own country. <laughs> we do not want you here anymore. Boston, a boss, take over, brother, before I... We we agree with you that Boston ah. sucks, and when you know we we hate Boston. I, I I can't say it any other way. I I hate Boston. They got mad at their own <laughs> franchise. What? Like, I mean, I'm not like, watching Red Sox games anymore. You're not going to be watching any games in general, dog. What are you mad about? God. <laughs> yeah, we're all not watching. Okay, you're not special, ah. right? <laughs> Look, we hate Manfred as much as you do, but you're not going to be watching any games oh, anytime man soon. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's not get into a rant about Manfred. Next time, next time, next time. Me duele la cabeza. Anyways, um, so I think we've completely covered the, this whole return plan. Any last thoughts about um about the NBA? Oh, I forgot we were talking about the NBA. We, yeah, we were talking about the NBA for a while. Um, but I think it's it's like the, the conversation we just had. I think it's one that we need to – that everybody needs to continue to have again and again and again because um, we obviously haven't done it justice yet. No. Mm-mm. And I think it's continuing to have the conversations again and again and again. And even – I mean, Coach Bruno said it. It's like you, you have to back it up with action. So it's like – backing it up with action and like still remembering that there's a second there's another story to it at the same time it's not just sports it's so much about people are speaking out man you know i think it's great that people are finally kind of having the confidence to speak their opinion on on things that aren't necessarily the easiest conversations to have and you know i speak for myself especially because i'm I've always been one to say like I will not comment on political matters because not only am I not informed or not educated on it, but I don't want to say something that offends someone, but we've kind of reached a a section of our lives where we can't accept that as an answer anymore. We have to be willing to do our own research to put ourselves out there. And, you know, for a country that promotes freedom of speech, we need to exercise that right if it makes our world a better place. So, you know, it's no longer acceptable to make that excuse. And and even though it's one that I completely understand because, you know, I myself said it all the time. Um, if you're not willing to c- commit yourself to educating yourself on the world around you, then you're just as bit a part of the problem as, as you know, you're just as bad not saying anything than saying something that might offend someone. So my little concluding yeah, I used, I used to say that too. Like I said that like a month and a half ago. Like I Me too. <laughs> I yeah, it was just like I was uncomfortable with conflict and like I would just sit back and watch my siblings talk about things. And now like this I mean the biggest thing for me is like this problem is no longer political, but it is like, we still have to be political in the way that we affect change. Like we have to make sure that the politics going forward aren't still going to enforce this because even though the matter in and of itself, the black lives matter, 
is shouldn't be political. It should just be, it is a fact. And it should just be a thing that we hold on to as a country. But unfortunately, there's a large portion of the population that doesn't. Um, but I think, you know, vote, register to vote, do it. It's so fun. It's so cool. Be a cool person. Vote, please. Please, dear God, uh, vote. And then also... Just real quick, not once every four years, yeah, every yeah. year, every local, year. <laughs> local elections matter so much. Local elections affect you more than the presidential does. And it's true for everybody, oh. everywhere, everywhere. Local elections matter. Every single one, the school board ones, the mayor, everything matters. Can I tell you guys a funny story real quick? Uh, go, uh-huh. go for it. It was, it was uh, around December or January. My brother uh, texted me. He goes, hey, man, are you voting? Um, and then I literally said, uh, for who? And then he's <laughs> like, no, like, are you going to mail in your vote? And I'm like, the NHL vote is online, dog. And I was, he's like, no, for, the, for LA, like for the California. And I'm like, hey, man, no. <laughs> I don't know what's going on out there. Why would I vote? I don't know what's going on. He's like, did you really just say the NHL All-Star Game vote? And I'm like, that's the only thing I vote for. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, now look at me six months later. Completely yeah, different. it's a change, and that's okay. I think, like, uh, going forward, like, as my concluding uh, statement, I feel like we're in a debate. Um, my... Uh, <laughs> Including a statement, I guess. <laughs> One, uh, black lives matter. Two, black yeah. trans lives matter. Yeah. Um, black women matter. Um, and then also, don't be afraid to. I don't know why I'm like saying this as if like we're talking to an audience, but <laughs> we are. We are. We're really in character right now. <laughs> a live audience. I don't know. Um, but like, don't be afraid to change your opinion. Like, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like be willing to accept that at one point in your life, whether that was yesterday or a year ago, that you may have thought different and that's, that's okay. Um, it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy thing to think. Well, oh my God. But yeah, people can yoink. be wrong and it is a yoink. It can be a yoink when you first realize that you're wrong, but just like accept it and move on and be a better person. I'm going to drop one piece of knowledge on everyone as like concluding, because I think this far into a pandemic, I think a lot of people still haven't realized this. The mask, the thing about the mask is it doesn't protect you yourself to wear it. It protects the people around you. So when people go on and on about like, I can't breathe, I'm not getting oxygen. I don't think I should wear it because I'm not at risk. Remember that young people, and this is research, it's shown, it's proven, peer-reviewed. Young people are very good at being asymptomatic carriers of this disease. So you don't know that you have it, but you have it. And you're not wearing a mask. So when you're not wearing a mask, I mean, there's so many of these little graphs that show it. If you have the disease and you're not wearing a mask, and the person across the room from you doesn't have it and is wearing a mask, there's still a really high chance that you're going to give the virus to that person. So even if you're not at risk, wear a mask. I mean, I don't know how many times people have to say this. Wear a damn mask. <laughs> because people get sick. And 
some states are doing a really bad job of it right now, namely Arizona. A lot of state Republican governors are doing a really bad job of it. And I mean, it's also a fact because research has shown it. I'm going to apologize because I feel like I, I, don't, I don't wear a mask. Guilty as charged. <laughs> really bad. I'm really bad at that. I, I get called out all the damn time at Costco. They're always like, you can't come in here without a mask. And I'm like, it's in the glove compartment of my car. I just forget to grab it. And then I, I'll be at the beach and then a boss is like, wear a mask, damn it. And I hear it in my ear and I'm like, oh. So <laughs> that, that's, be the, that's the type of impact I'm trying to have on people. <laughs> it, it, we really do have the force because I'll just be like sleeping and they'll be like, why aren't you wearing your mask? And I'm like... <laughs> The boss, the boss lives rent-free. Right? No, he pays rent. He pays rent. <laughs> what rent do I pay? <laughs> All right. Anyways, this is this has been Boston Rude's uh, first episode since like May, so a couple years ago. Yeah, sorry about Gina, that. Gina, Gina, thank you for joining us, Rudy. Always amazing, Boston Rude's. Thanks for listening. 